For the ones who work hard to ensure their crew can always go the extra mile. And the ones who get in early so everyone can go home on time. There's Granger, Offering professional-grade supplies backed by product experts so you can quickly and easily find what you need. Plus, you can count on access to a committed team ready to go the extra mile for you. Call, click Grainger.com, or just stop by. Granger For the ones who get it done. CFP, so Certified Financial Planner, and I have my guest here, Amanda, with us. Hi, Amanda. Hi there. How are you? Good. How are you? Very good. Thank you for joining us. So as you know, we like to ask lots of personal questions about your finances. <laughs> so could you start off telling us a little bit about what you do and how much you make? So currently, I'm working at a, a smaller investment advisor or hedge fund. And I'm working as a junior COO, <clears throat> making roughly around $150,000 a year. Okay, great. Your take-home monthly is how much about? So I take home um, approximately $6,000 a month. Okay, and then how much is your rent? 1400 Okay, so that gives you plenty of wiggle room. Yes. Okay, good. So where would you say you spend most of your money at this, at this point? I would say it's a mix between... Um, my rent and then maybe um, dining out. So rent is definitely a big one that we yeah. hear, especially yeah. living in the city. It can be the largest expense. Yeah. Um, and I, you know, I live in Brooklyn, so I have a car, so I have car expense and I also have um, car insurance. Um, and you know, my rent includes, um, my rent includes utilities. So all I have is really my phone bill outside of that. Oh, that's not bad, but car in, in Brooklyn, hard, huh? Yeah, it's, or, you know, it gives me the freedom because um, I travel on the weekends, but, okay. it, you know, it doesn't have, um, I, I don't have a parking garage. I, might, I park on the street. Okay. Yeah. So that's another expense. So you would say most, so most of your money is going to rent and then for fun stuff? Yeah. Maybe after that, so dining out would be fun. Yeah, dining out or, um, you know, travel as well. Oh, okay. Yeah. That's a good one. So do you have any major stresses when it comes to your money? Currently, no. Like, where I'm living within my means. So, okay. I've, I've, I've planned out, because um, prior to this job, I was working in, in the banking industry, and I was making probably double the income. So, oh, I wow. have, okay. you know, more expenses. I own this apartment. My mortgage is higher. I had more responsibility in that sense. When I took a lower-paying job, because I wanted to switch my career a bit, um, I, I decided to live within my means and find an apartment where <clears throat> my rent... You know, you cover everything. Exactly, yeah. How has the transition been going? Because sometimes it's easy when you're moving up the chain in terms of income. Yeah. You know, where you're going from, you know, 100 to 150 or somewhere like that. It can be really easy. And sometimes it's harder to take the steps back. I know it was for me when I bought it's a business. super difficult. So, <laughs> you know, I'm living um, when prior, to, you know, I was always living within 10 to 15 minutes from work. Um, living on the island of Manhattan now, I live in Brooklyn, so I have about a 45 minute commute to work and okay. that's, you know, that's how it's cheaper the further out you go. Oh, definitely. Is. Yeah. Um, and you know, additionally I have other, um, you know, other responsibilities, but it's not like the way it was prior. So, you know, it's been tough, but it's humbling and I, you know, I'm, I'm enjoying and the upside is, is 
is much more in my current job. So it's a lower paying job, but I think I can grow and learn more in the long run, whereby when I was working in banking, I felt like I had made a certain amount. and That was maybe the top. Yeah, exactly. And there was nowhere else to really... There was, yeah, there was nowhere else to grow. There was no more learning, and there, I don't think within what I, you know, in terms of the um, the base salary was really just kind of probably diminished. Diminished going. Well, that's it's important to be learning. I don't know about you, but yeah. I'd like to be able to go to work and actually learn something, exactly. which is why I like what I do. But it is hard to take. That was my biggest struggle when I bought the business was because I left banking, similar to what you did. So I took a huge hit, and I remember being like, the first few months, I was like, oh, God, yeah. <laughs> this is, is going to be a challenge. Yeah, like, I I will cook dinner at home a lot more, and I'll make... It's meals. funny, because you did it in the beginning of your career, right? Yeah. You know, in yeah. the beginning when you're starting out, you're like, okay, this is all I have, so how am I going to make it last? Yeah. And then you get, you move your way up, and you don't have to think about those things as much as you did in the beginning. Yeah. And then when you make a career change, you're, like, back where you were. Exactly. And then not all your peers do that step back. So, like, right now, um, I'm not able to contribute to my 401k. Okay. Well, I don't even have a 401k. I have an, I have an IRA okay. that I built throughout my, you know, 15 years of my career. And I have a large savings. I feel good right now. So, wait, how old are you? So, you're in your late 30s, right? I'm 38. Okay. Yeah. And so, right now, the way I'm trying to structure myself is to live within the means of what I make today. Okay. And I have a you know large savings and a IRA I'm not able to contribute to any of that right now like maybe just a tiny bit but um if I'm not touching or dipping into it I'm happy um because if this this small investment advisor kicks off I can you know potentially become a partner or wow, you know, okay. have, yeah, have some skin in the game and grow with it so um, it's more about the opportunity you have at work rather than continuing to save for retirement because you're right if you did a really good job from 20 you started working at 22 yeah yeah, so from 22 till recent, now, till yeah. now, that's a long time to be actively saving and contributing towards your retirement. So yeah, you can abs- people always say, can you take a break? And you absolutely can take a break. Yeah. But you're doing it the smart way and taking a break to take another opportunity and take your career in a different direction. Yeah. So yeah, saving for retirement is probably not critical now, but determining what your next yeah. career path is going to be. As long as I'm, it, I feel good as long as right now, even if it's the next year or two, I'm mm-hmm. not touching it, mm-hmm. dipping into that savings, and I'm able to kind of see where this opportunity goes, what direction, and have feelers out if in a year's time it's not growing, it's not going where where I want it to go. You can make another change. Yeah. But as you said, if you've done a good job saving, and so I, you know the rule of 72? What's the rule of 72? Oh, okay. <laughs> That's where if your money grows by 7.2% compounding, your oh. money doubles every 10 years. Have you ever heard of that? Oh, so it's a good trick to do math fast in your head, but you yeah. know what you have saved. Yeah. So you know how many years till retirement, like mid-60s probably. Yeah. So you can take what you have now and assume, depending on how it's invested, but you worked in finance, so you know how to yeah. do that. Um, if it makes 7.2%, then every 10 years the money will double. And so you can get a rough idea now what it'll be in the future Yeah. when yeah. you retire. And so that can give you a little bit of peace of mind knowing that it's... Really, it's, actually... Not not too bad. No. <laughs> You're doing the math right now. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, it's not it's not amazing, but it's not like you know it's not terrible. But I I hope. And that's like if you didn't just add anything. Yeah. Like that's like whatever it is right now. I hope by the time I hope in two years time or maybe a little less that I can start contributing again. Again. Yeah. But yeah, I wouldn't feel bad about taking 
taking a break because yeah. if you've already done the savings and you know what the number is going to be and it's decent, then just supporting yourself is key yeah. until you figure out your career path. And it's great to have upside. Becoming yeah. a partner would be wonderful. Oh, yeah. I mean, I think that um, the, the team, I'm officially the first employee. Oh, wow. A small team. Okay. Um, we have an office here in New York City. There's there's four partners here, and we have an office in Mumbai. Okay. <clears throat> We're a quantitative systematic hedge fund. So okay. the And the head guy here is from Mumbai, and he okay. hired a team there that develops and does all the coding and, you know. Just all the fancy footwork. All the fancy footwork. So um, I'm the first, like, official employee in New York. And That's amazing. Yeah, it's amazing. You actually end up doing a lot more than you think. <laughs> well, yeah, running a small business. Yeah. yeah, you have to wear many hats when you're, like, a firm is getting established. Yeah, but it's, it's like, to me, I did the same job for 15 years. And, you know, in the first, oh, let's say, like, first seven years, you I mean, you just do, you learn, but then you become autopilot. And I was living... You're very comfortable. Yeah, very comfortable being an autopilot in the job. And the opportunities were shrinking, and I was making less money. And I was like, this is, I'm not learning. I'm not growing. I want to do something different. And that's why I stepped out and decided to, I took a, I took a break, and then okay. I came back in. And I wanted to work with, it was actually an old client <clears throat> that I worked with for many years, and, and he had helped him sell something. And, you know, I'm learning how to structure a hedge fund, like in, you know, how, to, how it runs and how to run a business that way. Cool. Yeah, that's amazing. Yeah. So you're and you're living. So you're so it's a great opportunity. It sounds like from a professional standpoint, but also personally, it doesn't seem like you need to save right now on re- for retirement. Yeah. And that's usually most people's big concern. And you don't have any debt that mm-hmm. you've mentioned, so that's huge. Because well, I sold my part. The only okay. debt I had. Well, yeah. I mean, my student loans are paid off a long time ago, but the only debt I had was my mortgage. Okay. But I just sold my apartment. Oh, so. congrats! Thank you. That's exciting. Yeah. So decided to give yourself more flexibility. Yeah. Because, yeah, when you have a mortgage, then it kind of controls what type of income you need to make, right, so that you can support that. Yeah, there was a lot of reasons why selling my apartment, but the number one reason for me was I felt that the market and, you know, did, did some research was going to go down in where my apartment, what the pricing of my apartment, the rates are going up right now. Um, so I put it on the market um, in October, and I got a bid in one day. That's incredible. That's really fast. Yeah, it's not supposed to be that fast. I know. It actually forced me. Like, I thought it was going to be a couple of weeks, and I was like, maybe I'll take it off. But no, I, it, it forced me to move forward, and I just didn't take it. Oh, that's good. And then you won't uh, – did you have a gain in it? Cause yes. You, okay. But not but, – But you won't have to pay because it's your primary residence? Correct, yeah. yeah. And it's not – I mean, it's um, it's not over $250,000. So if it's over two hundred. Sorry, it's over two hundred fifty thousand dollars gain. I just you don't. Pay. Yeah. So for as a single person, as you owned it individually. Yeah. Yeah. So if anything, you can you get an exclusion for two hundred fifty thousand dollars of gain. Yeah. So you won't pay anything. Yeah. Which yeah. is great. Um. Yeah, and I, I didn't make that much in this apartment, but uh, I owned a place prior earlier in my in my early thirties. Okay. Ended up, um, at a situation, it was a very lucky situation. It was an anomaly in real estate <laughs> where, um, my my neighbor. She wanted my apartment really badly. Oh, to combine them? Yeah. Oh, wow. And I owned it for two years, but it was when the market in New York was the hottest in the last 10 years, and the market only went up. So we priced where the market was, and it went up a bunch, and she was like, I'm willing to pay you even more. Oh, my gosh. So she, like, desperately wanted to combine apartments. Yeah. So it helped me. It helped me with my savings. 
you know, in addition to to working and saving, but that bump really was was nice. So, yeah, that's great. Yeah, so I didn't do as well. Was she a fun neighbor too? Yeah, <laughs> Besides she, helping you get to retirement faster. <laughs> yeah, she was. She was like this really successful lawyer, and she was. Um, it's a funny story. She wanted to. She was redoing her apartment, and she wanted to marry uh, her contractor who had children. So it was. She oh was, my gosh! So she had a combined apartment so that she could marry the contractor. <laughs> so she was gonna pay you whatever. <laughs> yes. She could name your price. Yeah. You're like, I'll just retire now. <laughs> this is how much my apartment's gonna go for. But she was, she kept in line with the mortgage, and she was like, okay. I'm willing to pay this much more. Anyway, so long story short, that was an anomaly. It was a very unique, random situation. Um, but it's it set me up to where I had the ability to, um, you know, invest in the markets. Obviously, it's gone up um, for the last few years, mm-hmm. so it's I've done well with my savings, and I feel very proud of that. That's a yeah, just a huge accomplishment yeah. to be able to say you bought one of our last guests bought her first apartment. So it's a big accomplishment to say you bought. So you bought two apartments. Yeah, you're just selling. Yeah, that's awesome. And I feel good now. Like going forward, I don't think I want to own any more real estate in Manhattan. But I feel like I had successes. This this place I'm selling, I'm making a little bit of profit, but not like. Well, it's always good to walk away with something. Yeah. yeah. So then that like the last one could cover. You could just divide on yeah. that and say you had two. Yeah. Two successful opportunities. Yeah, so um, I tell this to anybody. If you have a down payment and you live in New York City, it's better to buy than to rent. Mm-hmm. But rents have started to come down a little bit, so it's you have to kind of weigh it out. Well, like, the, and the down payment is something I think that people don't realize that you not only need the down payment, but you need the closing cost. Mm-hmm. Yes, exactly. And that can sometimes be a little prohibitive for people. Yes, yeah. But, it, yeah, absolutely, if you can do it, owning, and, owning is better than renting. Owning is definitely better. But I mean, I think in the last year, and I haven't put, I haven't gauged it all that much. Rents have come down a lot, so I don't know. Well, yeah, and it always depends on people's situation. So for you, it obviously you did it was a great investment for you for both apartments. But sometimes it depends on the person. Do they have student loans, other obligations? So now you kind of want to maybe rent to have more freedom. Yeah. Right, because yeah. then you can say I can pick up and leave. Maybe the job isn't working out. I don't want to be here. But when you have that mortgage, it's a lot more responsibility. Yes. It's like, yeah. So right now, when you when you ask me my biggest responsibility is rent, and then okay. I, you know. <laughs> so it's a nice change for you. Yeah. <laughs> That's why you're like, oh, it's just rent. My only big bill is <laughs> rent. And my car. But the, I, I've actually got a very, like, economical car. It's not too expensive. It's a Ford, uh, Ford Escape. So it's, you know, it's about $325 a month. Um, okay. And it's got, like, That's Nova that sells on locals. It's just a straight, like, standard car. They can get you out of the city if you want. Yeah, exactly. That's good. Yeah. So that's great. So most of your money goes to rent and then fun, fun stuff. Yeah. So like I, I am living in a lower rent apartment. Okay. But I, um, a few years ago, I could travel more frequently. I could okay. spend more money on, um, thing. You know, handbag if I wanted. It's not mm-hmm. like that anymore. You know, I have to be more. So now you prioritize it. Yes, and so, I cook more at home and bring more food to work for lunch. And okay. Then, yeah. Because that makes that adds up. People yes. don't realize that, but like getting the coffees out and going out for lunch, yeah, adds, adds up really quickly. But you're still going to make travel. Travel is one of your other goals. Yeah, I love traveling. I love. Um, I mean, I've I've always made it a point, <clears throat> especially in like my adult life, like really try to do one big trip a year. But then you know, see, I like to see the world. I like to see different cultures. I like to experience that. And that's a and you you budget that in. 
Yes, the budget that I need. So do you save for that on, or you just take it out of your budget when it happens? No, I have like a uh, buffer in my your savings account. <clears throat> yeah. Okay. So I have money that's invested and my IRA, okay. and then I have a savings account which I keep a buffer and where I okay. want to travel. Um, and I try to add to that savings account even now with my current job. job okay. I will pay for it out of that. Got it. Okay. So that's great. So it seems like you got it all together for your finances. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, Does it feel like that? Part. Yeah. Okay. I, feel, I feel even with taking less money, uh, yes, I have it all under under account. But I do think like lifestyle has changed a bit. Okay. So, um, so it's, a, it's still an adjustment to get used to yes. the commute and like having to watch. Because you, so you're just watching what you're spending more than you Watching what I'm spending and I'm not like... You know, I lived in an apartment with a beautiful, like, amazing steam shower, and now, like, I'm in, like, a, a Brooklyn, it's, a, like, one of these row houses that are, you know, sometimes the shower drain needs to go down, like, I don't know, it just, you have to adjust. Adjust and, to your lifestyle, yeah. 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 To what you have now, but you think the professionally it was the right move. Yes. Yeah, I, I do, and it, for many reasons, and it could just be that I was ready for a change, ready to learn something. Okay. You know, if it doesn't work out, I could always, I think I could always go back to banking. Yeah, oh, absolutely. I don't think they're going anywhere. Yeah. I mean, not yet. Yeah. <laughs> they're still there. Yeah. That's very true. So do you, would you say that money stresses you out at all, or? Um, I don't think so. I don't ever feel under stress and pressure to meet what my, my current um, obligations are, but money has always been something that is so, uh, something I have focused on okay. um, so it is I'm not frivolous and I'm not um, a big you know a big a spender like I would never spend more than I make like okay. I, it's always consciously on my mind like of where you are checks and balances in my head like uh, you know and I think I'm just built that way like that's you know I don't know if my, I think my mother is very similar that way it's still taught me and that's how I so it's just ingrained in you so yeah like, okay this is what I have coming in I can't go over this amount because I want to stay within my means yeah yeah, I think so I, you know, I've had friends and family members that are very different that way. They just don't have that. It's not built within them. It's built within me to like keep to manage yeah, it. Yeah, to manage it that way. Yeah, no, it's definitely not built. Some people <laughs> just can't. They just can't do it, or they have, or they can't. Not that you can't do it, because you can kind of do it. I think do anything you set your mind to, but um, it's not as natural to stay within a budget. It's like a much harder process. Yeah. So that's great because I feel like some people have money worries. Like there's things about it that stress them out. I mean, isn't it the number one reason why, you know, people have to get divorced these days? It, like they financial? say they say that one of the number one arguments between couples is um, is money stress, you know, or arguments relating to some sort of financial concern. Because like as you said, it's ingrained in you to keep a budget, but then you could marry someone that it's not ingrained in, and they don't think. That it's that big of a deal to overspend, and so simple arguments like yeah. that can. Like for me, I've never had a time in my life where I ran, um, except maybe a little bit right out of um, right out of college, where I ran uh, debt. Okay. Like in terms of credit card debt, like I never kept a balance in my credit card. It always paid it off every month, and I think it's just like I said, it's like my mother, or like even my father's that way. It's just I don't. I've always been very conscious. That's so funny. So my sister and I are so different when it comes to finances. We were raised in the same household. So yes, yeah, like some people pick it up from their parents, and some people could pick it up from their parents and know. And then some people it is an option to pick it up from their parents, but it but it tends. But yeah, you bring up an interesting point. It is an issue yes. in relationships. My brother is 
exact opposite. So yeah, I, I, I maybe I got his political literature and he did not clearly. He, okay. didn't, <laughs> <laughs> he didn't get the genes. No, he didn't get those genes. Um, so it's like, yeah, for me, I've always been, like I said, lived into my means, focused on saving, always had a mental ability to like do checks and balances in my head where I don't think a lot of people have, not a lot, I think some people don't have that. Yeah, um, you're definitely financially minded, right? So you work yeah. in finance, so you're around it all the time, you enjoy it. Yeah. So I think that definitely gives you added benefit, right? Yeah. To, to have that skill set and then be able to say, okay, like, where do I want to be in my financial future? Yeah, and I think some people, if they were to, I do think that some people, if they were going to take a change in their career and a downtick in their, what they're making, they would, if they had savings, they would maybe live off their savings while they're doing that to grow, mm-hmm. and I, I don't feel comfortable. Like I, I feel most comfortable not protecting that. Protecting that. I think that, that yeah. unless you were going to be doing a conscious, like, I'm taking one year and I've, you know, allocated X. Yeah. And it's a conscious decision. I, I think you're right. I think the fact that you, it seems like you have probably enough what you've already saved with the two sales, apartment sales yeah, and what you saved for, my, for 15 years yeah. that you could probably, if you did nothing else from this point on, it was just you needed to take care of, you could probably retire yeah. comfortably. And you're like in with your, what is it, the 7.2 Yeah, you're, yeah, the, yeah, with the rule, if you did the math on yeah. your, in your head. If that money compounded in the market, continue to go up and not have these crazy oh the whipsaws yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um then I think that I can mentally retire off that but I don't want to live off that no I think that's smart I think it's living within your means and then obviously as you grow it doesn't hurt to add more to it down the road because yeah I think everyone's goal is to be able to say at any point I can retire today and not have to be like oh I have to retire at 67 or 69 you know because <laughs> yeah. it's still far away away yeah so to be able to have that financial freedom is I think what most people are striving for but it sounds like you have it now right because you can live within your means so you're getting rid of the apartments so you don't have any obligation yeah it's but you know eventually I'm sure I'll have some more obligations but um yeah it's funny to say that's like my that's it right now you know or my car but then I think actually like you miss a payment on your car it's a Ford it's like really really they're really like, strict very strict like, yeah they want you to pay them yeah and they will not take it on credit cards you have to it gets swept out of my um, oh direct deposit out yeah. of your bank account yeah which is fine, but like it will mark your credit, so I'm very conscious of that. <laughs> That's good. Yeah, you don't want the board to ding your credit when you've done like such a good job with everything else. And then, like, what about your so your new company? Do they, do they have a 401k or do they have anything down the road you can participate in? Because 401ks are typically for bigger companies. Yeah, so we're so talking about getting, getting one. Yeah. Okay. That's all like in the works. So, all right, so we are currently 600 million this year with a three year track record. Okay. It's been really successful three years for the fund but at this point if we get to a billion dollars this year from the larger investors the larger pension funds and endowments will write they'll invest more money because then it's a little bit more secure of an investment okay it's a secure investment and these investors do not want to be the largest investor in in the pool right so it's like a chicken or egg game and like we're at this very big breaking point hence they hired me We'll so they're trying hire, to grow it, yeah. Yeah, they'll, they'll hire somebody else um, later on in the year, and so it's really pushing to get above that that marker. Billion. Yeah. And then when that happens, it'll be 
you'll probably have more benefits as an employee, yes. right? Because you're the only one right now, so yes. they don't have a lot of offering. What they do offer is amazing is free um, medical insurance. Oh, that's huge. Yeah, huge. I, I would mean, love free medical. No, it's free and it's awesome. It's actually really good medical insurance, and I don't know. I can't complain. So, I don't know. With dating, I always want to know if someone has health insurance. <laughs> <laughs> it's so expensive. I don't want to have to keep paying for it. I know. So do you have student loans? No? Great. Do you have medical insurance? <laughs> Wait, the date's over? What happened? <laughs> that's amazing. Yeah. That's huge. Because I can run like $1,000 a month. Yeah. So that's like, an, so like I took less, like my base salary is less. Oh, and I forgot to say, if we get to the billion dollar uh-huh. mark, mark the company. I will get paid more. I will get a bonus at the end of the year. Oh, that's that great. bring me from 150 to 200. But that's like, a big bonus. Yeah, it would be wonderful, but I don't want to count, count on it. Count on it, right, because yeah. it's it's not totally in your control. Yeah. Oh, but that would be great. Yeah, so that was a, um, that was put into my contract. That's so fantastic. Yeah, yeah, so I mean, so yeah, so not saving it doesn't matter at all because if you if, if you does, believe in the firm and, yeah. and it sounds like you do and that you can get to this marker, then that would be more than enough to be have saved. You could use part of that for saving. Yes. So easily. That's and the health insurance is huge. Health insurance and if it does happen and I get that bump, I mean I would just immediately put that in savings. That's how I always looked at it. Yeah, because yeah. it's not in your pocket, right? Yeah. I always just say it's like that's like tomorrow money. Yeah. Your salary is today money. That's your tomorrow yeah. money because you you're living perfectly fine without it. Yes. But I spend. I I try to save a little bit of what I'm making today, but I think you know when I when I say I spend money on dining out or travel, like I think you know living in a less desirable. I wouldn't say less. It's very beautiful. Clarksburg is wonderful. Um, but I'm living in in an apartment. Well, where, you're not living in your apartment. How yeah. would we put it that way? Yeah. You left your apartment, right? To live in a less to live in a different environment that was right. not your ideal. Yeah. To take this opportunity. Take this opportunity, but I also think like life is about balance. So you know, spending money in New York City is a tough place. So like spending money and like dining out or going and doing going to a Broadway show, I think is really important. I don't mm-hmm. think I want to sit on what I'm making to save and save and save. I think it's really important to like live the life and enjoy. Oh, absolutely. Because you never know what tomorrow's going to bring, which is why I always. T- I always kind of categorize money as today money and tomorrow money. Yes, I like that categorization. So, like, today money, I try, you know, I'm living with my money. It means that I'm, like, you know. You know, I don't want to make sure, yeah, I don't want to sit at home every night, right, exactly. by yourself and be like, well, I have all this money saved. Isn't this wonderful? <laughs> yeah. You want to be able to, you know, these zeros. on my account balances. <laughs> yeah, no, that doesn't do, bring very much joy. Yeah. You know, so it's a balance. Yeah, I agree. Like, you're doing a good job, but. You should absolutely be traveling and spending your money and enjoying yourself. It's a balance between making sure you meet all your goals, right? So obviously you want to not work forever. I mean, yeah. most people don't want to work forever. Exactly. I like what I do, and I still don't want to work forever. And so you know, making sure you hit retirement, you don't have debt, which you don't, and then like enjoying your hard-earned money today, which is like going out and traveling and yeah, like going to a show. Yeah. So right. I agree. There has to be a balance. Yeah, you can't. Just That's the tricky part. I feel like a lot of people don't know how to balance, like depending mm-hmm. on what their obligations are. Like if they have student loans or credit cards, and then they want to retire, and they also want to buy. It's like hard to balance it all at yes. times. It's to it know what's overwhelming right for people. Like I think having the option to work with somebody like yourself and have you know give advice and like you know direction what a lot of people need, I think, and, including myself sometimes. Like I, you know, I don't know. I, in terms of 
when it comes to investing, like money, I don't know. Like I don't know where it should go. And that's so funny. You're the, le- the 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 last person I would expect to say that. Yeah, like, like, I can tell you like, no, yeah, uh, but I can tell you other things. But like when it comes to like personal money, it's very strange. I think that you find a lot of people when they work in finance and they work in institutional finance. Mm-hmm. When it comes to their own personal, you know, investments, they don't know what. Well, so interestingly enough, they don't teach it anywhere. They do not teach it anywhere. And like, and if someone's telling you something, which I'm sure you've experienced, because most people have, they're typically educating you on a facet of it to sell you something. They're not educating you on it purely for the education. They're educating you to then sell you the product that they educated you on, yes. right? Yes. So, And so I think that's why I'm doing the whole podcast. So I'm glad that you brought it up because I really want to educate people and like show people the world of finance, of personal finance, because no one talks about their money. No one talks about how much they make, what their struggles are and what's happening in their day to day. Yeah. They literally will talk about anything else and nobody will discuss what they make or what the problems are with their their finances. It's a sore point for so many people. And then sometimes it's just like, you know, it's, it's, it's uncomfortable to talk about. So like you said, a lot of people don't talk about it. And, um, and it's important because no one teaches it. Yeah. It should be an open, I think it should be an open dialogue and pure education. So I guess that leaves us with a great place to wrap up. So thank yeah. you for wrapping it up. It was great chatting with you. Yeah, I'm you. glad this is going so well. I feel like you don't, I normally try and offer some sort of help at the end of the conversation, but I think you have it all together. I, well, I mean. Unless there's anything you want me to help, because we do a six-month check-in. So if there's anything you want I me to help love- you with for you check in for sure in okay. six months because I you know when I'm gonna do a reevaluation okay. of where I am financially and like with this especially with this, this new role I'm in and I would absolutely look for advice if you know so we'll do a check in with you. Yeah. Okay Amanda. So in six months we'll check in, we'll see all the jobs going, we'll see if you hit that target at work, if you got that money, the apartment should have closed by then. Yes. So exactly. we'll kind of do a refresher and see how you're doing and making sure everything's still good. Yep. That'd be great. Okay, great. Well, thanks for chatting with me. Thank you, Barbara. Um, And if you're looking for some more education on personal finance, you can check out our online class, Financial Rockstar, at www.financial.com and learn how to make your money work for you. Thank you. For the ones who work hard to ensure their crew can always go the extra mile and the ones who get in early so everyone can go home on time, there's Granger, offering professional-grade supplies backed by product experts so you can quickly and easily find what you need. Plus, you can count on access to a committed team ready to go the extra mile for you. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done.